Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank, with your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Day on all about affordable NFTs, we're talking about celebrities and the SEC. Those go together. Well, we'll explain how those go together in a second. Andrew, how's it going? What are we uh, seeing in the news today? All right, so we've got some big news that the SEC is investigating the NFT market. Uh, there's a few things that they're looking at specifically. Um, we'll get into uh, one of those um, with uh, in relation to the uh, celebrity involvement. Um, but there are a couple of other things they're looking at in terms of uh, fractionalized uh, pieces. Um, uh, they're... Uh, NFTs that are sold for um, without a or gaming NFTs that are sold without a game that is already out uh, games that would uh, be in development. So that's interesting based on some of the projects that we've looked at. And, uh, you know, I don't have the note on the third one here. And actually at the time, maybe that is the actually the celebrity uh, promotion of these. It's uh, <laughs> certainly been going on. Um, we've seen every sort of celebrity from all sorts of uh, all sorts of areas getting into this lately. I've seen drops from Dolly Parton, Val Kilmer. Uh, here's a second drop from Katy Perry, apparently. Um, there's something just, you know, I understand why uh, this may be raising some red flags and, um, you know, it, it may help to start reining in some of the, uh, the wild West. I mean, it, it is quite wild out here uh, with the NFTs. Uh, NFT marketplace. Um, yeah, I don't know. Have you uh, read into this much, George? I mean, it seems to continually come down to being careful that you're not creating something that is an investment product. And obviously, we say this is not investment advice. However, the difference is future expectations of return, to put it as simply as I understand it. And that's where the flag gets thrown on it. And so Specifically with a game, if you're talking about this ability to, I don't know, you know, stake, get yield, get rewards, future rewards higher than what you've initially invested in, suddenly you move into this territory that the SEC, and rightfully so, I would say, is looking into uh, because there's just different regulations that need to be there. Uh, you know, we can park some of it for the theme, but when you get into it, I think it's going to have a chilling effect at first on yeah, certain types absolutely. of in stuff. I mean, even beyond just the project level, you have to think that OpenSea will respond to this in a way that, you know, that we've seen them suspend projects before that were blatantly saying this is going to, buying this will give you a token in return. And there are still a number of projects that are doing that and active on OpenSea. You know, we've seen recently that OpenSea has uh, barred people from certain countries from using the uh, platform based on U.S. sanctions against those countries. And I think it's likely that they will uh, come down against projects that are leaning on the wrong side of this line and, and promising too much in return for buying the, the project, you know, whether it's future, uh, a future game or tokens or whatever uh, some of these projects are using right now. I think there's, we're going to we're going to see OpenSea forced to start 
taking some of these projects off the site. Unfortunately, that's going to be before they actually are able to release kind of the all of the scam projects that get out there because it's harder to keep up with those than the uh, the legit projects that are trying to do something but promising something that they can't really do in the SEC's eyes. And earlier this year, you saw BlockFi having to pay a fine of $100 million for failing, as they say, failing to list a high-yield lending product out there, which, you know, they, they obviously, like, took on the chin, but at least they understood where the line was as, as a result. And there's a lot of this, you know, we're not sure what the rules are until somebody gets penalized for them. And then all of a sudden, there's like a, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize that was a thing. And so this is, I'll just be honest, it's a risky time to be thrown in on certain types of projects. And I'm trying to pay very close. I mean, the truth is, by the time you see maybe your project listed in a SEC, whatever, like you're done. Like your chance to liquidate at any manner of margin, like is is questionable. So, you know, consider how you're maybe weighted or overweighted into certain pieces that have I don't know. Would you say like all potentially like NFT staking projects are potentially at risk because to stake implies a yield? You know, I, I think the, the projects that probably have the the most valid um, uh, sort of way around that, I guess, would be the ones that are promising NFTs in return. If you're staking an NFT, getting an M- NFT in return, um, that's probably better than the token. Uh, you know, I think the tokens are generally... Um, they're generally being said that there's no value to these tokens, therefore in-game use or in-game economies, you know, that's the way that the projects try to get around um, the SEC regulations. You know, we'll see how all that holds up when, uh, you know, when these projects are also well aware that the token is being traded on decentralized exchanges. And, you know, I think that's generally why um, you see these marketplaces popping up at decentralized exchanges, as opposed to being made on the uh, available on the site themselves. You know, they can distance themselves somewhat, but we'll see how, how the SEC eyes that, um, you know, I think we will, we'll see a few big cases that will probably set the, set the tone for the entire industry here. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of who gets shocked by the electric fence. Ah, that's where the electric fence is. Okay. And I don't know, it makes me nervous. I play certain games, which I've talked about this week, uh, that have, I enter these horses into races. Those races pay out a certain amount of money based on a random money. They pay out a token, an in-game currency. And it strikes me that that, that might piss off certain people at the SEC. Um, so I, I think the rules truly just need to be established. So you understand the rules of the road. And like, I think the most part of these projects, they want to, they want to play accurately, fairly, according to the rules, but the rules haven't been established because it is such a rapidly evolving, uh, medium uh, and technology that, you know, the old quick moving Congress that didn't, didn't quite keep up on this one. Yeah, absolutely. It is moving fast. Um, one other thing we've got in the news here is uh, news from PayPal that they are not going to protect uh, sellers for NFTs over $10,000. Um, it was actually news to be that they were offering protection for sellers at all in NFTs. I think that's that's actually somewhat bigger in my eyes. Um, I, at least for me, I didn't know that. Um, the fact that PayPal is, um, is actually... Bumped 
offering any kind of protection for NFTs and getting into that, I think is is interesting. I know that they do offer some crypto product, but uh, as far as I know, this is their first um, foray of any sort into NFTs. Yeah, it's interesting that they are, I mean, pay attention to PayPal does a thing, right? I pay attention when, you know, billion dollar companies do stuff. And yeah, and you know, I've, you've seen a few other billion dollar companies kind of grasping at NFTs recently. I think um, eBay is saying that they will do this. Um, uh, Rakuten, these are big companies that don't have much of a share of the e-commerce market and doesn't seem to be growing. Um, so I think maybe that they're looking to, to expand in other ways, you know, we'll see how all that goes. Um, but interesting that they're, you know, everyone's kind of accepting it right now and you, we'll see how long that lasts, you know, partially in relation to what we were just talking about in, uh, in terms of SEC regulations. I think that could change pretty pretty drastically here in the future that not everyone's going to want to be touching these directly. Yeah, that makes makes sense and we'll see. So today on the affordable project, we are actually just going to run some quick updates on existing projects that we're watching because we're we're in a wait and see uh, moment right now, I'd say, partially because of SEC, partially because of where the the general market is. Uh you know, we we talked about maybe looking at uh, the Ukraine uh NFT support pieces, but we can't really safely understand it uh, as of this recording, but that that may change in the future. But we see a lot of NFT sales going toward uh, Ukraine efforts. There's like over something like 53 million and just growing amounts in terms of donations via crypto to uh, support the efforts in Ukraine. However, for some past projects real quickly uh, that I'm monitoring, um, Zed Run regularly, uh, they have implemented discovery races for newly born horses, which is pretty awesome. That means after your discovery race, you're like, you don't, you don't pay to enter. And there's like a $40 prize pool. You then go into a series of more uh, $5 prize pool races. So after 10 of those, they then place you in your class to try to like match up your horse ability with like competitors. Uh, They are also announcing new tracks, track services. So like horses that used to be bad might be good on say slow tracks. And they are still talking about potential token drop in Q1. I don't know if the SEC news is going to scare them or terrify them uh, off of that timeline, but that is uh, something that seems to be on pace and they are, uh, you know, they're making moves. They have an increased size team and it's been interesting. The Red Village uh, moved their launch for, we'll call it the third time, to to March 10th. So depending on when you're listening to this, we'll see uh, if they've hit that date. But it's going to be a slow, it seems like, uh, rollout of the actual gameplay. But they are definitely in it for the long term. And prices have been holding for uh, champions and other assets. Uh, So it'll be a little while, I'd say, probably until they get and hit their stride on the actual gameplay. And uh, in terms of a token, there's nothing mentioned coming soon uh, from the things that I've been listening to. So, you know, I read that as like Q3 at the earliest, but, you know, talk to your doctor, results may vary. And then in terms of crypto bots, uh, they have a public sale, their token coming in March and staking is in fact live for the Genesis bots that they released. And we have talked about crypto bots in the past. Interestingly enough, they are... uh, if you were to try to play from the U.S. or stake your bots from the U.S., you would have to use a hotspot shield. So keep that in mind, that they are technically trying to 
officially say they are not open to players in the U.S. Uh, oh, gotcha. I wasn't sure interacting. exactly what you meant by the hotspot <laughs> shield there. Um, VPN would also work for something like that. Uh, yes. Yeah, but yes. that is interesting, um, you know, that uh, they are blocking. I've seen that in a couple projects um, that, that, uh, yeah, that they're blocking. Yeah, can you just explain, a, like, the use of a VPN, why is that a thing? Yeah, virtual proxy network. This makes it look like you are somewhere else. Um, same thing with the uh, with um, the device George mentioned. Um, so you may need to use this if you wanted to access something um, that you couldn't, that they're blocking a specific country from. And I'm guessing that they're doing this to avoid having to deal with the SEC or any American uh, government regulations. And, uh, you know, I can see why, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, this is news that the SEC is looking into this, but it isn't exactly um, unanticipated uh, from anyone that's been been around um, the NFT or the crypto market um, that they may look into this. It does feel a lot like the ICO uh, time in, in many ways right now. There's a lot of things just pumping up in price very fast, and then there's nothing that happens afterwards, and it just not so slowly goes down to almost nothing. Um, so, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's not surprising in that regard. Um, so I can see why they would want to prevent certain people from being able to access it. Um, you can still do it with these other things, but these other, you know, tools, but, you know, I think that's not, you know, not really the, the, the best way if you're doing that to access something that you shouldn't be, you know, there is some, um, <laughs> you know, maybe not the best for you. Um, and at the same time, you can, generally track these from the from the server side and see that these are VPNs. Um, you know, they're not entirely, it doesn't entirely look like you're sitting in a residential uh, place outside of Paris somewhere or, or something like that. You know, there, there's a few that are used for a large number of people. So there's usually be, they can usually be tracked that it is a, a service that's doing this. So there will be sites that'll even block those from being used. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've, I've been thinking a lot about this and how IP addresses and wallets. I've mentioned this recently and how much information is there. And, um, you know, I think we'll see more and more um, different ways implemented to, to, uh, to prevent people from being able to access things either based on, uh, you know, based on what's in their wallet, based on uh, where their IP address has been, you know, or, or things that are tied to it. So, um, you know, it is interesting here that they are, they are blocking that in crypto bots. Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. Is that a, a concerning sign <laughs> that they're like, uh, sorry, if you're in the U.S., you're not necessarily welcome. Like, we'll do a good faith effort to stop you. But yeah, maybe it's not a great sign. I mean, if the, you know, if they are doing much more than, than most projects, I would say that even there are projects that say that you can't be from certain countries and U.S. is often on these lists, um, along with, I don't know, with the with other countries that you wouldn't think would be if the U.S. would be lumped in with, um, but the U.S. has, you know, has strict laws about these more strict than many other countries, um, including EU countries that are often able to access these um, when Americans can't. Um, so, yeah, I guess that is a bit of a red flag in my eyes. You know, I'd rather not have to do that kind of thing, you know, especially if they decide to uh, to enact more stringent regulations and and prevent you from be you know being able to really access the game at all or you know there's no way that you would be able to that they could take access to the, the nft itself away but you know as we know 
you, that's not that's not the only thing that really matters. If you can't get to the right places or sell it, it doesn't it doesn't really hold as much value, does it? Yeah, it's definitely something to to think about on that in that end. And it just like ties back to our theme, our theme discussion about will the SEC slow adoption of NFT NFT gaming? The answer is yes, it will. Right, like right there, you see it. We're talking about a project that we previously talked about, which was completely fine. And then all of a sudden in this, you know, latest iteration of the game development, suddenly blocking US IPs. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think you make this interesting point of saying, like, it's kind of interesting to see who uh, who you're in league with. And it's like, yeah, we're going to block the US we're we're going to block Russia and we'll block Iran. You're like, what now? We're like, how is this the land of the free? What are we doing here? Yeah, that is. That is interesting. And it's been one that, you know, we've, a lot of people talk about as the openness of this. And, you know, there are a lot of things that are blocked and, you know, it's, it, it doesn't take all of it, every individual deciding to, to not use it or to be blocked from it. It's, you know, when these big companies decide that they don't want to run the risk, it really changes how users are able to, or, or are incentivized to use these services. Yeah. And so in addition to SEC slowing potential NFT interactions, like we have this hilarious list that we have just mentioned on this, where we had Katy Perry, Val Kilmer, Dolly Parton. Uh, let's throw some other. And this is just in like what the last. Week oh, there's a Michael at? Jordan one. I mean, it's not. He doesn't seem to evolve at all, but they're using the Jordan name and promising the uh, <laughs> promising more athletes that are yet to be named. Um, let's see who else do we have out there. There's been. Had Mickey Mantle, I saw through Tops. That one went for you said half a million. Yes, that actually went for half a million. I was surprised. I, I don't quite. It was a 1952 Tops card that now is an NFT. Obviously, that's a 2022 NFT. Um, but it, yeah, it went for 475,000. Um, you know, there are. Uh, I saw that there were um, some heirs of Picasso, I believe, that were uh, trying to make some NFTs. And it, you know, everyone's trying to get on this right now. Um, there are, I don't know, there are any number of of celebrities going at this in different ways. And it they often are not sticking around. Um, we stuck, we, we did, um, we mentioned um, an, an NBA player that was a Damon Fox. That's right, yes. He's been all over. That's been getting bigger and bigger. You know, the sports media has definitely picked up on that um, and has not been good for him. And, you know, as, as George mentioned at the time, you know, that's that hurt his most loyal fans, the people that would actually go and buy Damian Foxes and stuff. You know, he's not exactly a household name. He's not a LeBron James. It, there's a ton of collectors out there thinking they just want to buy it. You know, the people that went and sought that out were they were real fans. And he burned them. And, you know, I, I think we're going to see that more from, uh, from, from celebrities, from companies, even that are getting into this without, you know, without having much of a plan, they just want to announce something. Um, you know, I noticed recently that after announcing, um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, <laughs> there was a new marketplace coming from Salesforce, a new NFT marketplace. Um, and that was then, uh, it doesn't sound like it's canceled yet, but it took all the executives by surprise. And they're now re-looking at this one. And, you know, I think it's, we're going to see this all over the place um, as these companies start realizing that 
for one, you actually have to stick around and really do something. You can't just put NFT on it and, and it's going to work. I mean, that was working for a while, it seems, but I think we're going to see that more from celebrities as well. And then the, the regulation concerns, um, specifically with NFT, I mean, with celebrities and NFTs, we've got the issue that they're, <laughs> they're not disclosing the fact that they are, had to, that they have a financial stake in these often case in uh, many cases. I mean, it, even when they say that they, that they are not giving you financial advice, they are, you know, certainly influential and realize that. And oftentimes they are also not disclosing the financial relationship that may not be on chain. And there are many instances of this. Um, there was a good uh, breakdown of how Eminem, um, his, his board ape that he purchased uh, was never really purchased by him. I, you know, I'm sorry, this was not Eminem. It was a uh, other celebrity. Bieber, Justin Bieber. Bieber, Justin Bieber. I'm Justin sorry. Bieber. There we go. Married. Oh boy, don't let Eminem hear you talk about. Oh no, I was like, you know, that does not actually sound like. <laughs> that feels wrong. <laughs> that does. That doesn't feel quite right. You know, it was Justin Bieber who did not. He, we mentioned that the the price that he paid for the NFT looked like it was about triple what the floor price was, what the actual price should have been, and then, you know, it looks like uh, digging into that a bit more. It's because it was you know, a whole marketing play. And, you know, he never, it was never any of his money anyway. He was tied to another collection, got paid from that one. They were using some of the money to to make it look like, you know, he had put this into a board eight, but it was already owned. So they were taking a good part of it. You know, they're just cycling the money around and, you know, we're going to see this more and more, you know, and whether it's, there's a couple of ways that the SEC can, can go after these celebrities for this. It's either not disclosing that they are, financially gaining from these projects themselves or not disclosing that they are getting paid to promote these. Um, you know, it's, I think we'll see that come to an end. Same thing with the companies getting into it and not really being there to, to support it, you know, because they will face the same type of, of, of uh, questions, um, especially publicly traded companies that will, will have a lot to report on if they do get into this and then um, don't, don't deliver any real product. Yeah, um, you know, on that, the Melania Trump uh, NFT uh, reportedly in terms of like wash trading was purchased with money from her very own trackable wallet. And you also have the POTUS Trump NFT collection uh, that launched in February on President's Day. So, you know- There's a new one coming on Parler, I believe, uh, an NFT coming on parlor to promote that as well. I mean, there's, there's regulation coming. This isn't going to last the way it is. I can't, I really, it really can't. Uh, there's only so many times. It's not healthy can... either, is it? No, it's not. It's not like, I, I like, it feels exhausting even just like talking about this list and where it's not even inclusive of everything going on. So I think it, it is a weird time. We're in an, let's just be clear. This is ICO bubble time there's no other way around it where you just see this like rush towards it. And, you know, a good reminder that 90% of these things go to zero. Uh, and it's a dangerous time to be jumping in and just like following celebrities. So really like double check your investment thesis. And, and I've actually been coming back around and saying like, all right, what, like, what are some of the like fundamentals that I want to like just follow and do? And one is like, am I getting direct utility in a game sense out of the thing I have? Is it, you know, fun to deal with? Does it give me access to something that I truly get benefit from? So, you know, I look at my little wag me token. I'm like, all right, great. I get access to analytics. 
And then uh, kind of like pulling from your bag, I'd say is well, who are original artists that actually have a true fingerprint on the history of what has happened with regard to blockchain art with a capital A. And that's some of the stuff that, you know, in a crash, I would imagine there might be opportunities to come back around on and, and look at. Yeah, I think that's important to keep in mind, you know, what to look at in a bad time, because, you know, the truth is that while 90% of projects may go to zero, they all are going to get hurt in the short term. You know, it's, you know, you have to kind of think about how, you know, during the dot-com crash, you know, even Amazon was, was hurt and it was, you could buy it dirt cheap at the time. And it was hard to tell the difference between that and pets.com. And, you know, that's, that's a tough thing, you know, to, to, to be able to, to look at the, I don't know what the kind of ruins and be able to pick out the good ones. So it's good to go through and really think about what are you targeting? What are the good things? What's going to be coming here? You know, we still talk a lot about gaming. You know, I think that we'll have to, you know, we're going to start seeing products, uh, projects that deliver a, an actual game if they are not able to just raise uh, you know, raise funds via an NFT that doesn't have any real utility. So, you know, hopefully we'll start seeing some more development there. It has been something that's, you know, keeps being talked about and, you know, they're saying this is the year of it. You know, we are into March and, you know, still kind of waiting for like that, what is going to be the game that, that, that grabs people's attention beyond, you know, there was a, there was a little bit of a bump with Axie and, I think that's sort of faded, faded away again. Um, and again, that's kind of a different audience. It's not much of an American audience for the most part. Um, and I think, you know, I'm still looking for that. I don't know what it is, you know, and, and like you said, trying to look for some of these old, um, older things that not artists, but also the projects that the people that are more native to blockchain and are going to stick around and, and be here, they're not going to leave when things aren't going right. Uh, when projects might be heading down they're they're hopefully going to be ones building what comes next here, the innovation, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of changes. PFP projects, these 10,000 character things have had quite a, quite a run much more than I expected. Um, and I think that that could be subsiding. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It could be bad in the short term. Yeah. Being, I'm just like very, you know, the funny thing is like last year around this time, it felt even more, it felt ridiculous. Like it was so clearly everything was uh, just pumping at an absurd rate. And for NFTs, like everyone was just like jumping in like top shot. I think this was right around where it clipped uh, last year, but people are like jumping into it so hard. And then all of a sudden, like the bottom fell out and, you know, somehow we're like, oh, that'll be done. I think something to note is that these cycles kind of like are still going on. We're not talking about, oh, there was like a winter. Like, uh, was there a winter? I like, yeah, it cooled off. But I'm sorry, if you're allowed to drop like projects that hit 70 million in like two days, like, no. Um, yeah. The craze that yeah, happened it's just, last it's been very spring uneven, is, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's every, I, we're not going to see, I don't think we're going to see a time where everything is just going crazy. I mean, for one, there's just so much out there. The supply is yeah. is huge. The demand has has really increased, but there's also, I mean, there's not enough quite yet. I think to I mean, especially to support the number of junk projects. Uh, you know, it, well, hopefully, we'll start seeing more quality projects shine here. And 
know which are the winners but right now it's it's tough to tell the difference you know we, we talked about that recently um just looking at the invisible friends and um Pixelmon. Pixelmon draw and you know it was talked about how it was very difficult to tell the difference and that's the case with a lot of the market right now and you know we it's got to mature some we've got to understand what the things are that we're looking for put more expectations on creators and ways for them to show that they are delivering and that there is a safe way to invest in the project as a collector. Well, <laughs> funny tangent on the, uh, the Pixelmon. So like Kevin, which will become the meme that you will see everywhere. When you see a really ugly pixelated looking thing that looks like it just sort of has, you know, the sign saying, kill me on it uh, because I'm just too ugly to live. Uh, full internet meme and already has a separate project called small Kevin's put on by Twerky club that you can buy these, like a PFP project of the meme of Kevin. Oh yeah. There's, like, there's, there's Kevin punks as well. Kevin punks, oh, I believe Kevin punks are, I believe they have a one and a half ETH floor or something like that. Well, they deserve it. It's They've ridiculous. Been in the game for a while. They, that team, I don't want to throw, sh I don't want to throw fun, but it's one of those, like, hey, well, you, you know, know, we've been working on it for, you know, about three years now, we just, we were able to like, hmm. They put in more, yeah. Hmm. The, the work per hour versus the Pixelmon team, interesting to think about, but uh, you know, 70 million is, I don't know. Uh, a, um, a, a less honorable version of me would just be out there, like just memifying all of these things. Like just, you can generate those 10K projects pretty darn easily. Uh, and you just, you know, there's no validation verification. You just all right. Here's a meme. Here's my like. Here's my drop. So Here, here's the idea. I, I've noticed this guy less stable, uh, dropping some things less around. Uh, less, sta <laughs> less stable studios. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. That's just like what you roll with. Like here's my like just shamelessly like look. We pump and dump memes. Like if you want to ride, come with. Here's my uh, original. Know, here's here's I how I would have done. Here's your very access well. token. You get your <laughs> access token. Here's our promise. We will pump and dump the heck out of any meme we see that reaches uh, a, a threshold of zeitgeist. And here's our promise. We will do nothing, absolutely no value whatsoever. We'll go back to the community. But boy, will we ride these things up and down. That's our promise to you at Less Stable Studios. <laughs> Who's in? Join us in Discord. Oh. <laughs> you, had me. Uh, you had me at Tokenax. What am I? <laughs> What am I thinking? You don't sign up. Just go get the NFT. They start at three ETH. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Dutch slash Adam Smith auction where we just randomly throw it. You know, start it at three, but heck, we'll just randomly change it when you hit the page. Yeah, as you hit, as you hit purchase, you don't even know. That's the yeah. real surprise. How much was taken out of your wallet? Look, I think jokes, we're rambling too much now, George. <laughs> I don't think so. I just, just to make that point, I want to be very clear. With literally within one week, you and I could set up this company to do this exactly and just throw more stuff out there. And I think that's just like a good note for anything that you see. They're like, like with minimal effort, we could create this stupid studio that churns out these types of PFP projects because it is so paint by number now with how to generate automatically 10,000 versions of whatever with five different variations of imagery that shove out jpegs like that's a doable thing all right so good luck by SEC. the time you hear this create clear it rules should be, <laughs> it should be, yeah. we, we'll, 
we'll, we'll, we should have this nearly out again. Just come join us in Discord, get the details. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't we'll, let us know. Join us in Discord if you actually want to we'll support get, uh, less stable studios. <laughs> All right. All right. Solid ramble. Thanks, Andrew. See you out there. Bye, George. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.